Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Ready or Not 2024 is here, and we here at Breaking Points are already thinking of ways we can up our game for this critical election. We rely on our premium subs to expand coverage, upgrade the studio, add staff, give you guys the best independent coverage that is possible. If you like what we're all about, it just means the absolute world to have your support. But enough with that, let's get to the show. excited to have a special guest with us this morning, former presidential candidate, current co-chair of the Forward Party and author of the new book, The Last Election. I should say co-author alongside Stephen Marsh. Um, there's the book. You can see it there. And it's a novel this time. It is not nonfiction as his previous books were. The one and only friend of the show, Andrew Yang. Great to see you, sir. Good to see you, man. Great to be back. Hey, guys, congratulations on all the success in the new studio and everything. Thank you. Oh, thank well, thank you. You, and the you focus know you were group. love the focus know, group. Yeah, wasn't yes. that cool? You we're were, gonna do you more. You were a key part of it. Yeah, thanks. Um, all right, so Andrew, just talk to us a little bit about the book and what it was that inspired this kind of you know dark take. Um, that again, it's fiction, but it's kind of a dark take on the future of America here. Yeah, I, I got all these experiences running for president, Crystal. I was trying to convey them to folks, and there was something of a message. I mean, I, I sat down with people, and they said, what do you really think is going to happen? Or what happens if there's a major independent presidential candidate? And I said, here's a, what I think is going to happen. And then the question was, how do you get that message out? And we thought that telling a story was the most compelling, accessible way to do so, because people like stories more than they like op-eds uh, or facts and statistics, which is something I, I also learned on the presidential trail. <laughs> <laughs> despite the math, despite the math hat, uh, unfortunately, you're probably right. Andrew, what are you seeing as signs of decay in our democracy and all that that you think um, that you think are they are bringing to you know forward in your book? Like, is it just January 6th? Like, are there other events and other markers that you can look for and think about that you're trying to incorporate? A lot of it's the media, uh, but you guys can 
see, you talk about this all the time on your show. I mean, you're looking mm -hmm. at a Biden-Trump rematch that two-thirds of the country doesn't want. And so if you have a lane that wide or a vacuum that big, then someone's going to move to fill it. But you don't have a system that naturally accommodates new entrants or parties, frankly. Yeah. And uh, as the co-chair of the Ford Party, you know, uh, like I, I live this. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, and so, if someone runs, they may end up uh, not having the desired effect. I mean, when people ask me about this Biden-Trump matchup and what to do, I say to them honestly that the best thing you could do is just run the craziest person you could think of, uh, because the way our system is set up that might actually do some good. Whereas if you run a really good person, that might not do some good. Right. And so, Andrew, as you're looking at this, you know, the way that um, the sort of partisan media usually portrays the problems in the country, they usually focus on like specific people, like, oh, it's the supporters of Trump that are the problem, or oh, it's the supporters of Biden, the Democrats that are the problem. But I think one thing that you have done consistently is to show people a lot of care and empathy, regardless of where they are on the political spectrum, which is why you had a lot of bipartisan support, mm -hmm. and to stay laser focused on some of the more systemic issues. So what do you see as the core of the issues that have led you to feel like we are a nation on the brink? The, the core issue, Crystal, is the structural incentives for the actors in the system. Uh, and right now, the fiction is that our leaders have to make 51% of us happy. They don't. They just need to placate and please the most extreme 10 to 12% in their party's base, which on the Republican side has really uh, driven them off a cliff. Uh, there are distortions on the Democratic side, clearly, and you can see that in the lack of a primary for Joe mm -hmm. Biden, which I, I think is setting the country up for a potential catastrophe. So you have these two parties that aren't actually listening to us anymore, and they've cordoned the country up into blue and red zones, where the vast majority of the people watching this are listening to this right now. There's no suspense as to which party is going to represent you in Congress. It's going yes, to be... Right either the Democrat or the Republican. Uh, and, and so the, the there's this illusion of competition that, that they're casting out. And I said this with you and Kyle, you have a 20% congressional approval rate and then a 94% re-election rate. So in that system, you can do things like thrust 3 million American kids back into poverty and no, there's no real problem for you politically because you are insulated from any competition. So it, it's this rot in the system that is separating our leaders from us. And you can put a good person in the system, which I prefer. You can mm -hmm. put a, a terrible person in the system, which uh, you know I, I don't like at all, and there are terrible people in the system. But unfortunately, the system itself is driving a lot of the dysfunction, and then the media becomes complicit in maintaining the system. Your rise, I always saw, is very indicative of uh, the internet and its first imprints for real this time on the election. Uh, I'd made a comparison here previously about Vivek Ramaswamy, someone who you've talked about previously. Just wanted to ask for your general take so far um, as to not only the overall primary process, the Democratic primary, the Republican primary, how you see some of the seeds that you planted and how they're manifesting right now. Uh, you know, I, I got to say, you two uh, and breaking points are, are part of the cure, part of the antidote. When you talk about my run activating people in a whole new way, I feel like you guys do it every day. So really, like, uh, kudos uh, to you all for actually helping people see things more clearly. I wish that there was a Democratic primary, and one of the ideas I put out there was that 
there should be a vice presidential primary. If Joe mm -hmm. Biden insists on saying, hey, it's going to be me again, like, let's figure out who my, su my successor should be. Uh, and then there are folks who are running who have captured some of the anti-institutional energy. I think Vivek is certainly very high on that list. Uh, the Republican Party is more welcoming to outsiders uh, than Democrats, in part because of their relationship with the media. Um, and I wish that anyone other than Trump seemed like they were achieving enough energy to make sure Trump's not the nominee. Uh, I think Trump's a total catastrophe, and I'm trying to do anything I can to keep Trump from winning again. As we're having this conversation, I would see Trump as unfortunately a mild favorite to win re-election, in large part because I think there are going to be multiple candidates in the general in 2024. Well, let's dig into that. Well, you think because of party stratification, as in you said, multiple people running like third party bids, um, or are you, do you think it's because of structural factors like Joe Biden and weaknesses there for to say that he's a mild favor for reelection? Uh, oh, no, I think Trump's a mild favorite to win reelection. Uh, but yeah, so for, first, I think Joe Biden is not the best candidate on the Democratic side. I think they're having a bad process. I think he's being saddled with uh, some um, tough economic issues that, of course, people are going to lay at his feet. Uh, but I, I think that the Democrats should have a real process and try and find a better candidate that also helps take age off the table. So that's one thing. Um, mm -hmm. Now, Trump and Biden are just about tied in the general, according to most accounts. Uh, Trump leads Biden on the economy among independent voters very significantly by maybe 20 percentage points. Uh, and so if you have those two head-to-head, -head, it's a bit of a coin flip. Uh, but then if you introduce a Cornell West and the Green Party, maybe an RFK as an independent, maybe a Joe Manchin, then I feel like the landscape favors Trump. Hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, Andrew, I wanted to ask you as well. Uh, you talked about some of the, the structural factors. You talked about, you know, the, the system of the elections themselves, the party control, the media control, the way that they, you know, choose to operate and the incentive structure that they have as well. What role do you think social media plays into this landscape, too? Oh, I, I think social media is part of the problem, honestly. I think it dumps fuel on the uh, most sensationalist, uh, and it makes everyone's appeal have to be very emotional and tribal because that's how you get energy, and then in some cases, small-dollar donations. Uh, it turns us all into characters in a play, and mm. the narratives are not leading us anywhere constructive. Uh, it was Ezra Klein who said, a uh, corrupt system compromises good individuals with ease. I'm going to say social media is a corrupt system. Hmm. That's a really interesting way of putting it. I mean, I guess, Andrew, you know, we have a lot of people who still watch the show, OG Yang Gang, many people who you activated into politics. So we've been trying to carry forward um, some of that energy. Now that it's been, you know, several years um, since all of that happened, what are some of the reflections uh, that you have about viable political movements, why you decided to go with the Ford Party, and where people should uh, channel their energy if they want to keep it in a good direction and not into cynicism? What I would say to folks who want to make good things happen for people, and I put myself in that category, is that the two-party system is designed to diffuse uh, and uh, weaken any popular energy, in part by separating us from each other. There are millions of Americans on both sides of the aisle that don't like child poverty. Um, but unfortunately, right now, we're being separated and said, hey, like you, your enemy are the people over there, and we're being set up. So unless you make headway on this system, the system that makes our leaders unaccountable to us, the leaders that make us think that we are each other's enemies, even though we're all kind of 
in the same boat in terms of AI and these other issues. So mm -hmm. the folks that supported me, uh, I get that you might think that, hey, this is a, a different vibe uh, or approach, uh, but this is to me the real approach because if I was running around saying, hey, let's do all these things, the system would not let those things occur. So unless mm -hmm. we actually amend and modernize the system, we're just going to drive ourselves crazy and each other, you know, eventually you'd be on each other's throats. So let's change the system itself. That's the real path forward. And I feel like Crystal actually exerted herself in this direction a number of years ago, trying to get uh, different candidates in, in the Midwest who represented more of like a populist uh, working class. I mean, that, that, that was one approach. Um, but the, the incentives of the parties are driving them very, very strongly in particular directions. And it's away from the direction that Crystal was working them towards because, uh, you know, like at this point, they look at Ohio and say, hey, Ohio is not competitive for us yeah, anymore. So yeah, I guess so you don't, you don't matter. Like, oh, yeah. we don't care anymore. We'll just trade you in for, uh, you Arizona. know, a diversifying state. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you said something in um, the interview you did with me and Kyle that stuck with me, which is, you know, when you ran for president and you put UBI forward as a central part of your campaign, you massively moved the needle in terms of support for it, interest in it. You made it so it was a majority support issue. But if you have a system that doesn't reflect the will of the majority or even take it into account whatsoever, it doesn't matter. And so I think that's why, you know, the direction you're going and focusing on things like ranked choice voting that could actually open things up so you actually have more democratic choice available to people. I think it's actually a really good and positive direction. I'm glad you're engaged in that. Fight. I totally agree. I absolutely uh, well, agree. Well, Crystal, that is really the fundamental insight is that 74% uh, of us want term limits. Not seeing that. 85% of us want less money in politics, don't want members of Congress to be able to trade. Who cares? Uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, what we want is essentially irrelevant. I'm going to guess 80% plus of us don't like child poverty. You know what I mean? Like we'd, we'd like to uh, lift those 3 million kids back out of poverty. But of course, that doesn't matter. And you look around and say, where were the protests when all these people were re-impoverished? Not a peep. So the it's only when you realize that what we want and think is irrelevant in the system, do you actually catch on? And then after you catch on, you say, okay, how can we make it so that what we want actually does matter? I mean, two-thirds of Americans want universal basic income, so are we going to get it? Not in this system. You know, it, it's only in a better system that we'd have a chance at addressing the real challenges of this time. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, go out and check out the book. It's called The Last Election, uh, co-authored Andrew and his uh, co-author Stephen Barsh. Really interesting. And I think, you know, sometimes stories are the best way to drive a point home and get people to pay attention to some of these underlying structural issues that you're trying to highlight here. So, Andrew, always great to see you. And thank you so much for your time, my friend. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Great seeing you guys, too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.